You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. In your Bibles, James chapter 2, we're taking a series through the book of James. And they've put a heading above my chapter 2, which says, Favoritism Forbidden. We're looking at verses 1 to 13. Just going to read the first paragraph, which will give you the sense of what James is talking about. It says, my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? I'll refer to the rest of the verses as I speak this morning. And uh, in the church, we have a welcome team and uh, you are welcome to join the welcome team. But that's a very important aspect of the church when people come uh, and sometimes people coming to the meeting for the first time. It's quite a challenge to come through that door. They need to have a warm welcome as they come in. What we hope is they, everybody has a warm welcome in the meeting, not just to the meeting. And how we interact one with another is very important and is the subject of today's teaching. And when we read the New Testament letters, uh, a lot of them are addressing problems that were becoming evident in the church. The Church of Jesus Christ in those days was a new community, a new way of operating, and Peter, Paul, and James notice that there are things that aren't quite right, and so they write letters to the churches to address them. And it must be that James has either witnessed himself or heard a report that um, things aren't quite right, that people are showing favoritism. And the particular example he gives is that uh, people are discriminating between those who are rich and those who are poor. And he gives a very practical, because James is very practical, the, the person in fine clothes and they've got a reputation of being quite wealthy and prominent member of society. They come to the meeting and you say, oh, lovely to have you here. Please let me take you to a nice seat. And somebody who is a bit disreputable, maybe not good appearance, maybe not very fresh in their bodily odours, and say, oh, you can sit in the corner over there, <laughs> away from me. And James is saying how we assess people by their appearance or their rep reputation is not godly. Some of, well, Lorraine and Ron go to Barcelona quite often because their family are there. Uh, we've been to Barcelona. People been to Barcelona? Yeah, yeah. And Gaudi's Cathedral, seen it? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't started by him. The original architect died. And then Gaudi took it over and constructed this incredible, well, it's still being built, isn't it? It's not finished yet. Uh, a very famous cathedral in Barcelona. But the story is that uh, Gaudi was walking along the road in Barcelona and he was hit by a tram and seriously hurt. People didn't recognize him because they thought he was a tramp. 
They thought he was a ne'er-do-well in the city, and they just left him there. It wasn't until quite some time later that they thought, it's Gaudi, the architect. Then they gave him attention, but he died from his injuries. And the fault was, this guy had been hit by a tram. They thought he was a tramp, so they ignored him. It's a story of the Good Samaritan all over again. And that making a, an assessment, a judgment, by how somebody appears is what James is addressing here. And he's saying that in this Christian community, we're not talking about out there in the world. In church, we practice how we are meant to live out there in the world. But in the Christian community, this is happening. People are discriminating between those who are rich and those who are poor. And James, he doesn't pull his punches, does he? He says, if you do that, you've become judges with evil thoughts. This isn't just, oh, well, that's not very nice. Oh, that's, you know, we haven't got the social norms quite correct there. He said, actually, that's evil. That's wrong. That's ungodly. Because we've discriminated. It's evil because... James starts off what we call chapter two as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. In our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And how was the glory of God revealed? Well, the religious people didn't like it because he mingled with prostitutes, with drunkards, with tax collectors. Thought, what's he doing mingling with those? But the glory of God was revealed in that Jesus says, I didn't come to call the righteous, but to sinners, to repentance. And he, he associated himself with the outcasts and the ignored. It's evil because it doesn't match with how Jesus lived. I was reading in Galatians this morning that as Christians, we've been clothed with Christ. So that's why I wanted to do that uh, silly little exercise about the differences. So you can have very strong differences, and we had differences about Brussels sprouts, about how you load the dishwasher, how you interact with animals. Um, but there are some deeper differences amongst us, differences of politics, differences of education, differences in finance. Some people are poor, some people have a lot of money. But we've been clothed with Christ. And I, I, watched, I watched the rugby last night, Ireland against uh, South Africa. Absolutely brilliant game, wasn't it? It, 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 was, it was very good. Ron, Ron thought it was a good game. Uh, but what I liked at the end, it was a really tough um, physical game. They were really going for it, each other. At the end, whereas you're meant to shake hands with the, the opposition, whether you've won or lost, there was genuine hugs they, they really appreciated one another because it'd been a good game. And all the differences in the team are eliminated because they're wearing the team shirt. So this team comes together and some were black people, some were white, some what had ginger hair. Whoa! <laughs> and cauliflower ears. But all the differences in the team are eliminated because they wear the same clothes, uniform. And in church, when we come together, we're clothed with Christ. 
and Christ, what he says is the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, in his earthly ministry, and even today, reaches out to all manners of people. So it's evil because it doesn't match with Jesus. It's evil because, it, as it says in verse 8, you've broken the, the royal rule. It's, a royal, it's not a you know, church policy. It's the royal law found in Scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul and James say the whole law of God, what God requires of his people, is summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And what's the other bit? Love your neighbor as yourself. Do that and you fulfill the law of God. And the law of God isn't about ourselves. It's about looking to the interests of others. And so to love your neighbor is to say, how can I be Christ to you? And to shun people, to reject them, is to say, well, I'm looking to my own interest because it's going to interrupt, it's going to challenge me if I reach across and relate to you. It's described as a law that gives freedom. Now, we often think law is there to stop us, stop us doing wrong. But the law of God, the law for the Christian, it says here, it's a law that gives freedom. Who does it give freedom to? It gives freedom to the other person. They can be themselves without being judged. They can be accepted without having to come up to the mark. It gives them the freedom to relax. We don't always get it right, but the testimony I hear from people who've recently been joining the church, coming to the meetings, is they've appreciated the warm welcome that they get. I want to challenge all of us if there are people in the congregation who come regularly that you haven't spoken to, I want to ask why. Why do we keep that circle of communication to a small safe group? It's actually looking to the interests of other people and reaching out beyond the safety of our own circle. It gives freedom to the other person. It also gives freedom to me. <laughs> I can live by the Spirit. That's what Paul says, that those who live by the Spirit, you're not under law. You're actually, you're free. You're free to express the love and the grace. We sang earlier, how wide is your love and grace? And when, when we take that step, maybe a challenging step for us to reach out to people who are different from us, we actually find the Spirit of God is giving us a freedom in our own spirit. I'm not tight up, I'm not screwed up, I'm not anxious. I can be me as well. James has given this example that it's between the rich and, uh, and, the, and the poor. Um, let's be careful here that we don't despise the rich. Uh, in, in the New Testament, uh, quite a number of rich people became uh, followers of Jesus. Uh, personally, within my own circle, uh, 
not in my own house. But, well, everything's relative, isn't it, really? But I, I, I know some very, very, very rich people, millionaires, and they're Christians. And we were talking with somebody earlier this week. It's, when, when we haven't got much, uh, we have to learn discipline. When you've got an awful lot, you've got to learn discipline as well and be responsible for that. But James is not despising rich people and say, oh, rich people, they are ungodly. How do you get your money and all that sort of stuff? What he's saying is, don't despise people who are different, who you might think beneath or even challenge you. And he uses two ex examples. He says, for, for these Christians, it was true then, it's true now, but the rich and the powerful were exploiting people. And we know today, people with power and money do exploit people. And as Christians, we, <laughs> that's a no-no. We, we never coerce, we never manipulate, we never take advantage of people. We don't exploit and in those days, and still today, the rich and the powerful were taking people to court to prosecute them because they were Christians. And society is full of uh, examples in this country as well as in more severe cases abroad where Christians are persecuted and prosecuted for their faith. That's, that's, the, that's the climate in which James was addressing the church. Um, and he says... Again, the majority of believers in the early church, uh, it, it says, as Christians, we're mainly poor in the eyes of the world. That's what Paul says. Not many of you were powerful, not many were rich. Has God chosen the things that are not to confound the things that are? So, so James says, you know, um, verse 5, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world? This isn't what Jesus talked about being poor in spirit. He's talking about the poor, the homeless, those living on benefits and struggling to make ends meet, those having to visit the food bank, those who are on long-term unemployment and it's, life is tough. He says, actually, God has a special heart for the poor and he, he says, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those? Actually, our riches aren't measured in terms of the earthly standards. And I'm not sure, when I was thinking about this, I'm not sure all of us really grasp how rich we are in faith towards God. What that really means, what that supplies, what that gives us. And what the promise of the future is. What we will inherit the kingdom. Eye has not seen, is not heard, is not entered into our hearts. What God has prepared for those who love him. It's riches beyond imagination. And God has promised that to those who love him. And if we love him, as John says, then you cannot hate your brother or despise your brother. And James is addressing anything that divides the community of God. We had the training session for volunteers uh, last week, last Saturday, which was very good. Um, if you're a volunteer, there's material you need to watch and listen to, be aware of. And it was mentioned that in the law of this land, there are categories which identify areas of discrimination. And we know about those. But the one that wasn't mentioned was poverty. And that's what James is addressing. 
people who come in, who just look different, who behave different. Let me just also correct some misunderstanding. When we need, say we need to be inclusive, we're quite um, sensible and realistic. Not everybody in, a, in the church can be in your closest circle. It is allowed to have intimate, closer circles of friendship. Jesus did that with his disciples. So, and don't get upset if you're not in that circle. You need to create your own support circle of friendship and intimacy where you can be more honest and open. But what he's talking about is in the general congregation meeting. If there's people that we skirt round, if there's people that we've never talked to, if there's people that, hmm, not sure how to approach them, then he has an answer. Allow the Spirit of God to bring the love and the grace and the mercy of God into your life and be, let that be expressed. It was years ago, I was talking to somebody in our church, who'd been in our church for some time, and I was suggesting that they came alongside an, another couple. I thought that you know, they'd find that helpful. And uh, the person in, in reply said, well, they're not my type. Well, I was in my study at the time. Fiona was in the kitchen. She could hear my angry reply to that. If ever anybody in this church says, that person coming here is not my type, that's evil judgmental thoughts we weren't God's type in fact Isaiah says our appearance stank to heaven we were like filthy rags dressed in filthy rags when we came to him and what did we receive we received mercy and grace none of us are the type which are right for God but actually clothed in Christ, we come acceptable and presentable. And that's where James is very blunt. He says, speak, verse 12, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. And it's a very simple equation. Jesus says it in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And it's like plugging into the electricity supply. You plug it in and it flows through. I've received mercy, I give mercy. But if I, if actually I don't know what the mercy of God has been to me, if I have no appreciation of that, then I exercise this critical judgmental attitude and I withhold it because I can't experience it myself. But if I have received mercy, if I've been accepted in, mercy flows out because mercy triumphs over judgment. Our first impression, our first reaction, and then I remember how I stand in the presence of God and I reach out. When Hugh Osgood was here a couple of weeks ago, we were rehearsing that phrase, which is important for churches and community, and which we as a church have embraced, which says, a culturally relevant church 
in every community. And that's what we seek to be. Now, do you know the culture of Wisbeach? Do you know the culture of the surrounding villages? Do you know the culture of the people as you walk through the marketplace? That's our mission field. And we want people, we know coming to a Sunday meeting isn't the be all and end all, but it's certainly part of this package. And when people come with their culture, we want to be the people of God for them. So James is very hard hitting. Um, Matt suggested that we look at this and, and it's a good wake up call for us. Let me say, I think we're doing well. I think we're doing well as a church. I think we're doing well. But not let's be complacent. Let's not settle down. Let's allow the Spirit of God to make us even more bold, even more radical, even more displaying the glory and the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen.